0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Bottom Up Revolution podcast, where we share the stories of the Strong Towns movement in action. This is a special member week episode featuring two amazing Strong Towns members, Nick and Amanda Lenata from Zachary, Louisiana. Nick is a data scientist, and Amanda works for the Louisiana Main Street Program and also helps run a small family business. It probably won't come as a surprise to hear that when this duo encountered strong towns, they were hooked and soon got involved. Nick was drawn to Strongtowns' focus on doing the math and assessing the value per acre of developments in our cities. He's even done some analyses on his own community and shared those with elected leaders. Amanda, meanwhile, was interested in the Strongtowns' approach to helping downtowns and small businesses get activated and grow economically resilient. The Lenadas took the Strong Towns mission and really ran with it over the last couple years, meeting and getting to know their city counselors, helping their neighbors see the potential in their community, starting a local conversation group, and allowing the Strong Towns approach to also guide their personal choices like how they get around town. I'm excited for you to hear from these inspiring Strong Towns members and hope that you will take a step and join them by becoming a member yourself during this member week. Visit strongtowns.org slash membership to do that. And seriously, it takes 20 seconds. So maybe just pause the podcast, go to that URL, and take care of becoming a member right now so that you don't forget. I know that a lot of folks have been probably meaning to do this for a while. This is that sign that you've been waiting for. Just go ahead and do it. Thank you so much to everyone for your membership support. Our members make all of this possible. So let's get to the interview. Nick and Amanda Linata, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Bottom Up Revolution podcast. It is wonderful to have you on the show.
1: Thanks for having us, Rachel.
2: Yeah, it's good to be here.
0: So can you start by telling us a little bit about yourselves and kind of how you ended up in the community that you're in today? Maybe, Amanda, we could start with you.
1: Yes, I grew up in Baton Rouge, which is the state capital of Louisiana, And then we moved to a smaller town called St. Francisville um, when I was eight years old. And I moved away to Mississippi to go to college. And I understand that I picked up the accent while I was living in Mississippi for a total of 13 years, but moved back home to Louisiana a couple years ago, married Nick, and we moved to Zachary, which is a small town of 20,000, 30 minutes north of Baton Rouge, um, about a year and a half ago.
0: And Nick, what about you? What's your background? Are you also from Louisiana originally?
2: Yeah, I am also from Baton Rouge, and I am a data scientist in the healthcare industry. And yeah, just happy to be here and a part of the strong towns movement.
0: Awesome. And for listeners who might not be familiar with Zachary, I know Amanda, you mentioned, you know, it's a smaller community, but like what else what else should we know about this town of Zachary?
1: Like I mentioned, it's 30 minutes north of Baton Rouge, which is the state capital. Zachary has seen really explosive growth over the last 15 to 20 years because we're one of the top-ranked school systems in the state. So as our Strong Towns folks know, we have a lot of the challenges associated with that growth, which we're kind of trying to come to grips with. And the other thing about Zachary is several years ago, our administration realized the need for some downtown revitalization. Um, And so a plan was put together and we hope that in the future that we can get some traction on that and that the city can really lean into that planning because we recognize, obviously, my work is with Louisiana Main Street, which focuses on downtown revitalization. So we recognize that the downtown is the heart and soul of our community And from a strong towns perspective, of course, the downtown is often the economic center of our communities as well. So so Zachary has some challenges, but I would say it's a very close-knit community. Um, We have very strong schools, uh, but we're trying to address some of these things as well.
0: Yeah, let's get into hearing more about what work you've been involved in, both of you, to Um, help address those challenges, especially with economic development needs in your town. Amanda, yeah, I know that you work for Main Street Organization in Zachary. Um, What does that look like in your your day-to-day work? What are some of the things that you are uh, involved with?
1: I work for Louisiana Main Street, which is the state coordinating program for Louisiana. So I don't work specifically with Zachary. Um, We work with 36 communities all across the state. Uh, specifically on downtown revitalization, but Zachary has explored in the past becoming a main street community and I hope that can happen in the future.
0: Nick, what about you? I know you you said you're a data scientist, but I know that outside of your, you know, day job, you probably do a lot to make Zachary a stronger town. What are some of the things that you've been involved with?
2: Yeah, so let me back up and say that I first discovered strong towns from the Not Just Bikes YouTube Channel and I, ah, okay, and I saw on there just the the great stuff that Strong Towns was doing, and I somewhere along the way I discovered y'all's article or one of y'all's videos about Urban Three and their analyses around the country. And as a data guy, I was very impressed with that, and it was something something that Strong Towns and Urban Three were hitting on it was something I always thought about, but never could really find the words for. And so the phrase do the math really, really struck me. And I said, you know, as a data guy, I could, I could do that. I'm sure it's not too hard. And so I just started creating my own dashboards with, with open public data provided by my parish. And so I've been doing analyses similar to urban Urban three like a value per acre analysis. And now I'm wanting to look into the city budget and compare it with other city budgets around the state to compare, you know, the per capita, the revenue per capita of the towns. And we're trying to use these, use these numbers to give us, to give us like better communication with our council members planning and zoning commission. And so, so recently We've been having a ton of meetings with with council members. I'm like best friends with my councilmen. We've been meeting with the planning and zoning director. The city staff even invited us to a meeting um, to talk about plans for a bathroom that they wanted to build downtown. And so we've just been, yeah, heavily involved with with it for the last couple of months.
1: I I would add that. Like Nick said, we've been having a lot of meetings because I think the strong towns ideas are, they're different than kind of the status quo that's been done in most of our communities for the last 70 years. So we've just been trying to put those ideas out there to share them with the elected officials and with, you know, community members, and to just try to educate and inform and provide a different perspective. And in fact, Last night we were at the council meeting and I spoke about some value per acre uh, analysis that Nick did specific to a proposed uh, development project in our community. So we're just trying to put put it out there and see what might stick. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was going to ask, Nick, do you have
0: plans to share those vibe breaker analyses? It sounds like definitely uh, connecting with elected officials. Has there been like public interest in that data too, or is it mostly uh, the most valuable to really share it with local leaders?
2: You know, that's something, it's a good question because it's something I'm still trying to figure out because yes, I've shared it with my local officials, but I haven't, haven't heard any feedback. So I'm still trying to figure out what is the right communication method for for people that are not used to this. And this is something I think everyone that's doing Strong Towns work around the country, they're having the same problem is like we have we have a great we have great ideas. It's just how do I how do I speak to that? How do I communicate that? I think my strong suit with data and writing, I I really want to get into some kind of data journalism and not just not just do a dashboard, which are sometimes really clunky to use for like the non-technical person, but I want to write a story using data and let that inform, you know, the, the reader.
0: I think you're absolutely right that like figuring out the right way to communicate these really complex things, city budgets, value per acre is essential and different things are going to speak to different people. I think for some people seeing those images of, you know, the the red and green spikes that people who have seen Urban 3 graphics are familiar with, like those are so compelling. And for other people, you know, hearing an anecdote or like seeing numbers is going to be more uh, meaningful. So, yeah, that's that's a process to figure out what's the most compelling, depending on who you're speaking with.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that, Rachel, because we, we heard from our, our planning director, who, who we love. He's wonderful. He was part of a presentation um, that's being developed by Smart Growth America for a, a tool to assess the fiscal impact of different development patterns. So it had the actual numbers and the ROI that they've developed. And so for him, seeing the numbers and the dollars and cents it clicked for him and we, you know, we've shared these ideas with him before, but at least for him seeing the, the dollars and cents, it all made sense. Um, so we're, we're going to be working with him to hopefully share that training with our elected officials in the future.
0: So you mentioned that you guys encountered strong towns through the not just bikes YouTube channel, which is something that we've heard more and more lately. It's awesome. I'm curious like after, you know, hearing about Strong Towns and seeing those videos, like what compelled you to get more involved, to become members and what like really drew you to this mission?
1: Well, we started watching council meetings about a year ago online because I I got wind of plans for the downtown revitalization And of course, that's my area of interest. So we started watching council meetings and then we we both discovered strong towns independently of each other. And I guess we started talking about these ideas in the course of watching what was happening at council. And then one day we said, well, we probably ought to start going in person to the council meetings. And that's been really gratifying to just meet all of them and get to know them.
0: Amanda, in a recent article on the Strong Towns website, you were interviewed by my colleague John Pattison. And one of the things that struck me in that piece was you talked about how easy it is to get involved in local issues and connect with local leaders in a small town. And maybe easy isn't the right word. Like clearly you guys have put in a lot of time and effort to do all this, but just that there is a, an ability to connect in a smaller community that that is a little bit more challenging in like a huge city where people have a whole office of, you know, staff in between them and you, if they're a city councilor, mayor or whatever. So yeah. Tell me about how you guys like decided to take that initiative in being newer to this community and uh, just like start talking to your counselors and showing them data and things. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome and bold.
1: Yeah. One of the first things we did was uh, contact our council person for our, the district that we live in. And we just said, Hey, We want to meet you and introduce ourselves and say hello. So he came over and we we probably talked with John for almost two hours one night. And he he said, believe it or not, he said we were the first constituents to ever do that. Wow. (laughs) So we viewed it as simply the start of a relationship. You know, we weren't trying to complain about an issue or anything like that. We just wanted to meet him we viewed it as the start of a working relationship
0: yeah what about for you nick what gets you uh inspired and like willing to to talk to a local leader i think that's something that not everyone would kind of have the courage to do clearly if if you guys were the first people to do it
2: yeah i mean i never thought i'd be the one to do that because i i don't know i just i'm really shy i'm introverted i never imagined i would be doing these things, going to council meetings, speaking, speaking to city councilors, and, and even going to planning and zoning meetings, which which are not always the most entertaining. But, but to me, it's important. And now I'm like a city nerd, and I, I, now I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Um, and, I, and I also get really excited about the data. I have some future plans to start doing more detailed analysis of the traffic data, in our parish. And recently we've been having conversations with some other citizens that do a local magazine about walkability data. Um, and so we are starting to have those conversations and spread the word. And so, it, yeah, it's just been really gratifying and exciting to to just be having this conversation. And that's, that's what ultimately we're trying to do is just not just us two, but mobilize other citizens and neighbors to just start making their voices voices heard. We're advocating for very simple things like just, just the city need, having more uh, open public workshops where citizens can come, ask questions, and be co-creators with the city because that's one of the problems I see with our city and some of our city council members agree too is we're not we're not engaging the citizens enough. We're not asking them, you know, the strong towns questions of like, how can we help you with how you struggle today? And what are the small steps we can do to change that? So, so Amanda and I, instead of waiting for the city to do it, we're taking that first step to be like, Hey, you know, where, where are you struggling? What's little steps can we take? And so, yeah, we've, we really love the ideas of tactical urbanism so getting out and, and maybe edging that bike lane or, you know, cutting, cutting the grass around the the sidewalks where that hasn't been done by the city recently, just little things like that. And Amanda even has plans I've, to. I've
1: threatened to go start building the sidewalks because in my uh, job before this one, I was an apprentice handyman in my small business. So it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah,
0: Amanda, I was going to ask, am I right that you have been involved in a, a family business for the last few years? Tell us about that.
1: Yes. When I moved back home from, to Louisiana, uh, I had been wanting to learn more about business because my dream for going on 10 years was to be part of Main Street. And a big part of it is helping small businesses in, in, and economic vitality. So my father and I decided to start our own small business, and we had both enjoyed doing DIY projects around our homes over the years. And we felt like there was a niche in the construction industry for a, a handyman business that would have a professional level of service, like we answer our phones and we you know, show up on time sometimes that's hard to get in, in that field. Um, So yeah, we had a father and daughter handyman business and uh, my sister is now working with him. So it's still father and daughter, just a different daughter, I guess. So I did that for several years and it it was really illuminating and really empowering for me as a woman to, you know, to be on the job site doing the work. Many folks, Uh, when I told them what I did, they assumed that I was, you know, in the office answering the phone. And I, I uh, always tried to say like, no, I'm the apprentice handyman. And so in this new role, we were talking about interacting with elected officials. I do that almost every day. Now I'm meeting mayors and council people and community leaders all over the state, which is awesome. Um, And whenever I meet a woman mayor, I always say, like, that's so great, you know, because a lot of them are are the first woman mayor of their community. And and I would add, going back to your earlier question that uh, about being afraid to approach an elected official, like, I just try to remember, they're just people, too. They're, you know, regular people. And I also what helps me is to always remember when I'm in those conversations is that, this is just one conversation of many, and it does. If it doesn't go perfectly, I'll have another opportunity in the future to talk with them again.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. And do you feel like after being um, really involved with your father and your family business, did that give you a new perspective on you know what's important for businesses and communities and for Main Street especially?
1: Oh yeah, I mean just knowing are experiencing going through the process of getting our LLC set up and figuring out all the licenses and the insurance. And there's a lot that goes into it. So now when I'm in conversations in kind of an um, entrepreneurship space, like I get it, it's, it's really hard and they need more resources. Um, So that experience has definitely helped me in my current role. And, I'll just say I feel like in the in the economic development world, a lot of our assistance and incentives go towards big industry, which is fine. We need that. But I just hope that in the future we can move toward having more assistance to our small businesses because they they really struggled in the pandemic. Um, And in Louisiana, you know, we're dependent on oil and gas. So when those swings come, they struggle uh, with that, too. So I feel like the economic development field is moving in that direction, as well as also recognizing um, the importance of quality of place to economic development, which ties into downtowns and strong towns is that today companies are competing for talent. And what the talent wants is walkable neighborhoods with community character. So it's kind of an interesting moment. And it's a really cool moment for us strong towns and Main Street folks, because the larger universe sort of recognizes what we've been saying all along
2: yeah and that's really the key is building building a place you know not just for cars and traffic but for for people and small businesses
0: yeah i'm glad to hear you feel like there's sort of a sea change happening that's that's heartening um Nick, you had mentioned that you guys are hoping not just to, you know, make these connections with your elected officials yourselves, but also inspire other people in your community to um, be able to step up and be involved in decision-making. Um, I was wondering, you know, who have been important allies for you guys in this process of trying to make your town a little bit stronger? Like are there local organizations or, you know, individual like regular folks that have been really uh, helpful in this work alongside you?
2: I think for us and Zachary, it's been befriending my, my councilman befriending the planning and zoning director. And now we know somebody on the planning and zoning commission. And so they've been great. They've been keeping us in the loop, telling us everything that's going on. And so, yeah, it's a lot of the people downtown that, that work for the city um, have been keeping us involved. As far as other organizations, we we're still trying to figure that out. There's definitely there's definitely organizations in town doing things, but we're still new to this. We only started doing this last year. Um, so we, we have identified a few. but yeah, everyone else is just people we've met at council meetings or people we've met on the next door app. And so we we have a list. I sent out our first email for our local conversation group that we're wanting to start. And so, yeah, we're going to have that first meeting, you know, fairly soon, I hope. And yeah, hopefully we can just get the ball rolling and start making teams like street design teams or volunteer teams. We just really think that a, a strong town needs, needs citizens needs volunteers and not just, not just people that, wait around until there's something to complain about
0: what are some of the results that you guys are most proud of that you know you've accomplished or been part of so far in your time in zachary i know it it hasn't been that long but it seems like you probably already have some things um to to celebrate
2: there was one there was one instance recently where there was a amanda mentioned it recently and we spoke about it at the council meeting last night but this this big development next to neighborhoods um, was kind of a confusing planning and zoning issue, and you know, using everything I've learned from Strong Towns, I was able to identify: here's the issue, here's here's an idea how to solve it, and I called my councilman. You know, it was the first time. You know, I think he he said like, "Oh, that's a that's a really good idea. I'm going to call the other councilwoman and tell her." And so that. You know, it's a small thing, but to just be affirmed and to to hear your councilman say like they never considered that and that it's a good idea. It was it was just uh I don't know, it was one of those instances where I was like, This is this is so worth it. It's really hard and you know, we're trying not to feel burnt out all the time, but but yeah, that was that was a great experience.
0: Yeah, that's such a core part of This strong towns work is just like helping people see things in a new way. It sounds like you're getting that done.
1: I would just add that it it can be discouraging sometimes because, you know, the vote doesn't go the way that you want or the decision doesn't happen the way that you want. and So we just always try to remember that it's kind of a long-term game and we just have to keep talking to people and keep reframing it or trying to put it connect the dots for them or put it into a way that they're gonna connect with. For example, Nick did some research over the last few days on a proposed project that we discovered was not going to be charging sales tax for a portion of their services. And we brought that to, to our councilman and he had never heard that, you know, during the discussion. So it's gratifying that we're able to provide information to help them because we're not trying to throw anybody under the bus. We're trying to back them up so they have the information that they need to make these decisions. That was another one recently where he, you know, it was new information to him. You mentioned
0: playing the long game and I'm curious, do you all foresee like that this is Zachary's going to be your home for the foreseeable future? It feels like you've gotten like really invested in this place and that's very admirable especially as relative newcomers in the town.
2: You know, I care about I care about Zachary because both our families live near here, but I'm also, this is also my home parish. You know, I grew up in the big city, Baton Rouge, just south of us. And Zachary really is very tied to Baton Rouge and that culture. And so I care about the whole parish and I I feel like it's it's maybe easier to do this work in a small town because of the ac- the accessibility to our local officials. It's so easy to go to a to a meeting and meet almost everybody and they they all post their cell phone numbers on the website. And so it's it's very accessible in a small town. And so we we live here. We care about this place, so we we want to just make it better, but not not just our vision what the Whole community's vision is. I'm a big believer in democracy. I don't want to. I don't want to do things without hearing somebody else's opinion.
0: What are you guys looking forward to being involved with in the future? You know, later this year or even um, next year. What are some of the efforts or projects that you're most excited about?
1: Well, we're in the middle of an election cycle right now. So we will be getting a new administration come January because our current mayor is not running for re-election. So I think we're looking forward to working with a new mayor and there will also be several new council members. So I guess we'll have to kind of start educating them too once they get in office um, and and working with them. But one thing that we are excited about is implementing a bicycle and pedestrian master plan that was done for Zachary several years ago, but I guess the funding hasn't been secured to implement it. So that's something we're excited about, um, especially because we just sold one of our cars. Nick, do you want to share about that?
2: Yeah, so I work from home and I've been working from home since March 2020 and I just felt like I'm never driving and since learning about Not Just Bikes and Strong Towns, I've heard the phrase. I think I I think it came from Jason at Not Just Bikes that if you if you don't drive to work, you don't need a car. And that stuck with me cuz I was like, yeah, that's pretty true cuz I'm I'm barely driving these days and so Somewhere in my research, I discovered e-bikes and I thought, wow, that looks really fun. And so I did my research, saw that there was a store in Baton Rouge that sold them and one thing led to another. And yeah, I sold my car and got an e-bike. And so, yeah, now I really care about walkability and bikeability in my city.
0: That's super exciting. I myself have been very interested in the the e-bike possibilities. I haven't... uh... Taking the plunge yet, but I'm very
2: intrigued. Yeah. You just got to go ride one. They are, they are like the most fun thing ever and just go ride one.
0: Yeah. I need to do that. Our local bike share actually just recently um, put some e-bikes in the system. So
1: yeah. Cool. Cool stuff. I'll just, I'll just add one more thing about what we're excited about for the future is again, the, the downtown revitalization plans that I mentioned you know, there, there's a draft plan that was done a couple years ago, and I think COVID, you know, threw it for a loop. But I think that's a that's a need that's been identified for our community, and and I agree. We we need some compatible infill development in our downtown because many of our historic build our historic commercial buildings no longer exist. Um, so that's something that I hope we can work on with the new administration. Is what what does that look like? Let's get some community input and buy-in on what we want our downtown to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So to close this out, um, you guys have already offered a lot of good pieces of advice, but anything else you want to add about, you know, just for somebody that lis- listening that is thinking about stepping up to talk to their counselor or just wanting to take some small steps to make their community stronger, what advice would you give to someone listening? Um Nick, maybe we could start with you.
2: Yeah, I would say we all have this big future vision for our town, but as Strong Towns says, it it's one small step at a time. It's it, it's incremental. It's it's not this one huge big project that's going to save your town. It's it's the small things like going to council meetings and and maybe changing a co- council member's mind about one small planning and zoning thing, and you know just one one little thing at a time is can make huge difference so yeah i would just say just go and just go and do it just go talk to a neighbor just just call your councilman that's that's all it has to be and but i promise you if you you really stick with it you you will you know you'll love it you'll grow to love it because it is very gratifying to feel connected in your community in this way
0: Nick and Amanda, thank you so much for um, coming on the show, and also just for everything that you're doing. I'm really inspired listening to the efforts that you guys are making in your community, and I know that people listening will be inspired as well to to maybe actually call their counselor and have that, start that conversation, start that relationship, um, and see where it takes them. So wonderful to talk with you both, and um, thanks for being members of Strong Towns and for doing that good work to to make your town stronger
1: thank you rachel and yeah everybody just needs to come visit louisiana we have really good food
0: thanks for listening guys again it is our member week join amazing strong towns members like nick and amanda by becoming an official supporter of this movement today visit strongtownsorg membership to do that thank you so much to everyone who makes this movement possible take care guys